Okay, welcome everyone to a joint uh, football.london podcast between Spurs and Chelsea, the Blue is the Colour podcast and the still unnamed Spurs <laughs> podcast. Uh, joining me, I'm Kevin Byrne, I am the Digital Features and Transfers Editor for Football.London. Tom Marshall-Bailey is away at Bruno Mars today. So I'll be your host today, joining me are the various people. We have Oliver Harbord, our Chelsea writer. Good afternoon. We have Alistair Gold, fresh back from the States, our Spurs writer. Hello. And we have Steve Ferugia, the web guru. Good evening. <laughs> all right. Um, so we don't have a lot of time to get through all of this. Uh, there's a lot going on at the moment. So we're going to just start with the weekend's action. Quick look back at Chelsea versus Manchester United. It wasn't. didn't really go to plan, did it, Ollie? Uh, no. It went very much to Jose Mourinho's plan. Um, I thought that... His tactics were spot on uh, against Chelsea. It was something that he did try in the FA Cup game. He tried to uh, nullify Eden Hazard but with Phil Jones. Uh, and that Phil Jones was upgraded to Ananda Herrera uh, this, this weekend. And, and he did a brilliant job on Eden Hazard. I think probably the most worrying thing for Chelsea fans will be just the lack of ideas really that came from it and the lack of plan B. I think that was the, that was the, probably the most worrying thing. It was an obvious setup from for Mourinho right from the very outset. He had the game plan and you could see what was happening. And uh yeah, nothing really changed. They didn't they didn't really try anything new. Nothing, they just sort of went along with the game and it seemed to sort of just drift on and and to be fair to United, I was, I was chatting to the MEN writer Samuel Lockhurst and he was saying that's the best he's seen United play in years. Uh, ever since sort of the Ferguson era really. Yeah. So, you know, it was one of those where United were definitely on it. But Chelsea, you know, then there's the injury to Thibaut Courtois and the illness to Marcus Alonso sort of threw them for six a little bit. And it just, yeah, it just didn't work. Nothing, nothing worked. Nobody was really on their game. I thought Kante, you know, was buzzing around, but even he was at fault for the second goal. Then there was the handball leading up to the first goal, yeah. which was a big... I mean, fine if you want to say it was ball to hand, but there's there's got to be a law change in there somewhere because it was such an obvious advantage for United because it went down to Herrera and he just played it straight through to Rashford to score. Uh, it was a bit of a just a, a really bad afternoon, really all round. There's a lot of talk that this is maybe the blueprint by which to beat Conte's Chelsea. Do you think that's true? Or do you think that's a bit of a an overreaction? Well, it was a bespoke tactic, really, and Mourinho's. You know, as good as anyone when it comes to doing that, as as how to beat a side. Um, I think that yeah, okay, it could be a tactic, but I don't see, especially in the last remaining games that Chelsea have, I don't see that anyone's going to be able to play the role that Ander Herrera played quite to the same degree as he did. I thought he was he was superb all afternoon. You know, there was a an incredible moment where United actually had the ball right by Mourinho, and it was him and Pogba sort of playing little passes to each other. And Mourinho screamed at Herrera to run to the other side of the pitch just to stand next to Hazard. It was that sort of performance. Um, and so, yeah, I guess you could say if you nullify Pedro and you nullify Hazard, then there is a real big you know, uh, problem there for Chelsea. Um, whether anyone else can really replicate that, I'm not entirely sure. But it was, a, it was a, definitely an issue for them all afternoon. Alistair, do you think that Spurs might look to replicate that? Do you think they might get someone like Dyer or or Wanyama on Hazard and see if they can keep track of him for the whole game? Oh, tough on that. I don't know whether they need to. I mean, they know that they've beaten Chelsea before and really, up to a certain point, they were flying against them at Sanford Bridge as well. I don't think Pochettino will tinker too much when it comes to Chelsea because I, I think they've got the measure of them. I think they're probably the one team, well, obviously now, United and uh, 
was it Palace? Mm. As well. I think no, I think Pochettino's confidence is that I mean Spurs are flying. They don't really shouldn't have to worry about Chelsea at the moment. Yeah, I think that's the difference between probably Pochettino and Mourinho is Mourinho looks for a way to sort of beat the opposition and nullify their strengths, yeah. whereas oh, yeah. Pochettino at the moment can just play his own strengths and play, you know, the way that they've been playing the last few games. If he goes around starts thinking obviously he will be thinking about how to stop Hazard and whatever, but you know, to really change his team around for that one game, I can't really see Poch doing that's, that. That's Mourinho's MR, isn't yeah. it? He looks for a weakness and he just destroys teams, even ones that are flying. He's, he's the master of the one-off game, yeah. really, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. But, um, with the way Spurs are playing at the moment, maybe Chelsea should be wondering about whether they can stop them. I'm going to bring Steven. Just Spurs have been so good recently. They won 4-0 at the weekend again. Um, is there anything that you would change from that current team? going into the Chelsea match well you said uh, Oli said before that uh, Conte doesn't really have a plan B and that's something that Pochettino got a, a little bit of criticism before earlier in the season um, but but we've seen that Spurs have been playing either the the three at the back um, or, or four at the back and I think that's an advantage that we've got that maybe Chelsea don't have and we've got we've got the choice um there this weekend, it, and it just depends on who we drop. That is the go through at the back. That is the problem for Spurs. They, I, I was at the game over the weekend, and they just look unbelievable at the moment. Really, I'm not sure I would change anything. To be honest with you, I know when Yam is coming back, and it's great to have him in there. But just the way Dembele played, Dyer was so good. Everyone was brilliant. I know that we've spoken about it earlier today, Alistair. Mm. You want to see. Son in the team, kind of no matter what, <coughs> but you still want to see a back three at the same time. What? It's such a dilemma, it really is. Because I mean, Son has just I'm sure it's not a personal point to just prove me wrong, but essentially, <laughs> I you know, I, I'm not, once I'm not a fan of Son's, I just I think he's incredibly talented, I just don't think he's been as consistent as other players. And last six games, he's been phenomenal, you know. it's and he's the player, unfortunately, that would drop out if you're going with three at the back. It, it has to be. You don't drop Ericsson or Ali because they're like the chief creators. So, you know. Is there no way of getting Son in that three at the back then? Dropping, is there no one else you could drop for if they if it did go three at the back? Not really. Not really. It, won't, it wouldn't work. It would, it would hurt the balance of the mm, team too yeah, much. Yeah, it would throw it off massively. And, and this is the massive choice for Pochettino because, like we said, he's beaten Chelsea with the three at the back. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to well, do. I'll be they, they've they've won four 0 on back to back weekends using a back four. Mm. Do you think maybe that is that Watford and Bournemouth? Though? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, n- not not quite Chelsea opposition, mm. but you know, for from a Chelsea point of view, then what what kind of Spurs team would you rather face up against? Uh, um, I think. I don't think that Chelsea should necessarily be sort of scared going into the game uh, for any reason. I just, I think they just need to, they need to figure out what they're doing at the back themselves at the moment because they're getting on this run now of, of conceding goals and not very pretty goals at that either. They're, they're starting to look that little bit leaking, and I'd be more worried about having a sort of a Son and Eriksson. Uh, an Ali and a Kane all running full pelt at, at that defence at the moment. They could re- they could really cause some havoc there. So seeing Son on the bench would actually, I think, be 
probably a bit of a positive for for Chelsea, seeing as how he is playing so well. I mean, I was one that thought when Kane got injured, I thought, well, that might be their season done in a way of, you know, will someone else step up to the plate? And Son has done that brilliantly. And I think it'd be really harsh to sort of leave him out. If I want to jump back on Son's back once again. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. that's your favourite place man. to be. What a poor man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure he could support me. But um, you could maybe argue, and I think some others have in the past, that he maybe hasn't turned up for the big, big games. Mm. And that might be on Pochettino's mind. You know, he's not, not. I don't want to compare him to Peter Crouch, but you know, Crouch has always called a flat track bully, and maybe Son is slightly like that. He scores his goals against, you know, maybe lesser teams. I think for Chelsea though, it's more they need to put in a decent performance themselves and not worry too yeah. much about the opposition because the United game was so poor in terms of everyone on the pitch. Really, that they need to get their levels back up to a to a good standard and get back to what they have done for this uh, since you know the Arsenal defeat earlier on the season to get back to that level because if they play like that anymore over the season then they will struggle to see it over the line and that's that's how big a game I think it is on Saturday as well so Steve what kind of team do you think Spurs should be putting out then do you what, what do you think about San do you think he is a flat track bully do you think that's a fair assessment well, yeah, I think he does does do better against the against the smaller teams, but then we do as as, as a whole whole team. But um, we're we're talking about some, but then you've got Wanyama as well. So Wanyama would would come into midfield um, alongside Dembele, and he hasn't been playing through injury, or actually, last couple of games possibly um, just through tactical choice, mm. but. It, yeah, he's he's been he's been one of our best players of the season. A lot of a lot of people would say he's he's been the player of the season for us. And so he bossed Kante, didn't he? Well, and he that's Kante. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think that so, I think that Pochettino will go for that battle again. You'd say because to keep Kante quiet like Wanyama did would, would mean a lot to Spurs. And then how do you, his, his fitness is a big issue because he has been out with that back injury. He pulled out of the team against Watford at the last minute, ten minutes before kick off. I think it was. And uh, Joshua Anima was brought in into the bench to replace him. He he played twelve minutes at the weekend, coming on for Kane. You know he hasn't played a, a whole lot recently. Is that something you think Spurs fans should be worried about? I think we're at the stage of the season now. He's probably got a decent base level of fitness, hasn't he? I think. Yeah. And he's how many has he missed? Sorry, it was while I was away. I think was it two games he missed. He he got injured against Burnley. He came off against Burnley. He missed the Watford so game. Swansea, Swansea, Watford, and then played ten minutes against exactly. Bournemouth. So he's missed two games. I think I'd hope. Well, he's such an energetic player. And his fitness is so good. Normally, I should think he'd be able to cope. But do you think that having because a back problem is something that's so difficult to play mm. with? Do you think that that might play on on his performance? Possibly. I think it was, as Pochettino, his legendary answer to every injury question is, you know, he'll be assessed on the day before the game. Uh, pretty much that will be probably the answer to this one. And I'm guessing Danny Rose as well, though I'd, I'd be shocked if Danny Rose is in a position to play. He seems to have suffered even more setbacks. He, mm. He's behind... Kane is back now. He's not even behind Kane. Kane is back. Yeah. There's no time frame there that's the thing with a knee injury isn't it they're so not temperamental I don't think you have temperamental knees but um, yeah it's it, they, they just take a while don't they yeah well just people have been talking about the kind of psychological aspect of this game FA Cup semi-final straight shootout between the two top teams in the country at the moment 
do either of you, Ollie or any of you, <laughs> think that this result will have an effect on the league going forward? We have opposing views, Ollie and I. Yeah, well, I think for Chelsea, much more than it is for Spurs. Um, yeah. Because of, obviously, the United game, because of two defeats in four, I think... From a psychological point of view, I think it's as much as putting in a, a superb performance from themselves, just stopping Spurs <laughs> and in this run that they're on, and you know, and stopping the sort of the ball rolling because it really is, and the momentum is swinging towards Spurs. They're just creeping up ever so slightly. I mean, I know you know in the title race, Chelsea have by far the easier of the runnings. I mean, you know, uh, they've got Southampton at home. Uh, they've got West uh, Everton away. It's, you know. it's it's only the away games, really, the West Brom and Everton, yeah. where you can really see Chelsea slipping up. Yeah, and West Brom, they, they you know they're probably on the sun, summer holidays anyway. Do you know what I mean? So they're not they're not really they don't have they've, the mindset to push for anything. They've really. won one of their last seven, yeah, which was the, the game against Arsenal. And, and so maybe they can get themselves up for a big game. Well, this is know? the sort of thing that happens a bit with Pulis sides. They get themselves safe and they get themselves into this position and they sort of don't really have anything to play for and that sort of dwindles down their season. Um, but I think it is. I think it's a much as good. Whatever happens, win, lose, draw, draw, and go on to penalties, whatever. They need to put in a really good performance and just try and show that they are still the team that are the best in in the country. They are at the moment on paper on the table, as well as playing wise. You've got to say the Spurs are for the way that they're playing because they have just been superb in the last few weeks. Um, so for me, it's a much more important game than just the FA Cup for the rest of the season just for a psychological point of view for, for Chelsea. Do you think then that it's important for Chelsea not just to win, but to win well? Yeah, absolutely. I think they have to put in a good performance. I really do. Um, they just need to get back on back to themselves, really. And if they don't do that at the weekend, then questions will start start to be asked. And, and, you know, they go into that Southampton game on a bit of low confidence. And then, you know, anything could happen. On, on, a, that, on really. a short week as well. Oh, yeah, on a short week as well. Yeah, back-to-back games with Southampton 1 and then uh, Everton away. So, you know, they really could do with a very good display at the weekend. Uh, Alistair, you don't seem to think that this is going to have too much of an effect on the title challenge. It can go either way. It's one of those. It can do exactly, <laughs> it can do exactly what Ollie's just said. You're, you're really sticking your colours. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I am. Um, <laughs> But I, I don't know, I, I feel it can also go the other way. You know, the losing team then has only the league to play for. And, you know, you've got a. It can kick them in another way. It can be a wake up call. Maybe with Chelsea, yeah, they are kind of in this little rut and it could have a. You know, play a factor in, in keeping that going. But I think with Spurs, I don't know, there's just something about the way Pochettino has them set up. I don't think it would be a crushing blow for them maybe as much as Chelsea. no I, I agree I don't think I think if, if Spurs lose I don't think it would be as big as a problem as if Chelsea lose mm. to be honest because I think that they will I think it'll just snow it's just a snowball effect isn't it if they do lose that and it's back-to-back defeats mm. against their title rivals I just it's something in Chelsea's mentality might be going all right we've got a gap but hold on it's, it's closing now and it wasn't long ago when it was a 10-point gap and, mm. <laughs> and that's really come down to and we were like oh well, it's over now it's definitely over and it's not over yet. Um, I still think Chelsea will do it. I think they'll just sneak over the line. But Saturday could play a bit more of an important part than just the FA Cup. Do you think that this game could have more of an effect, not just on this season though, but long, long term in terms of Spurs will now, say they don't win the FA Cup and they don't win the league this year, they'll have a third place finish last season, which really should have been second. 
a second place finish this year, presumably, but no actual silverware to show for all of their efforts. Steve, do you think that that's something Spurs fans want to see, or they're just happy at the moment to be having a team that is challenging for these things? Yeah, I, even halfway through last season, you would not have expected Spurs to be in a title challenge, and to to do that <laughs> at the same point uh, at the same point um, this season, we we wouldn't have expected a title challenge uh, at Christmas. Um, I yeah, it's just incredible um, for us to be involved in <laughs> yeah. well, I think the fans can see where Spurs are going and that's the yeah. important thing you know at the start of the season you had Mourinho coming in Guardiola I don't think anyone even had Spurs in their top four or five you know mm-hmm. we said we did a story today about looking back at Paul Merson's predictions you know he had Spurs sixth Arsenal fourth <laughs> um, and yeah you can see where Pochettino team's going Harry Kane came out a couple of weeks back and said it doesn't you know it's not crucial to get silverware this season the, the players aren't as you know that's not it's not the be all and end all not going to lose players because of maybe it. not the players but do you not think it's time that Pochettino starts winning some silverware because he is a superb coach you know we're hearing everything about him being a brilliant coach and he obviously is mm. no doubt about it but he's not really won a lot as a manager is he if anything he's not so but is it not time a... that the FA Cup he must see as a great chance to actually get that you know silverware that is he needs and, yeah. and to make a statement against the likes of Chelsea Manchester City or Arsenal I think, yeah, going forward, I think we have to remember he's been at Espanyol and Southampton, and this is his first kind of well, big job, you could say. Well, Southampton got to the final of the League Cup, so... <laughs> they did, they did, that's true, that's true, but not a perennial challenger for silverware, you know. Um, and yeah, and it's his third year, and there's been progress every single year. Um, I don't know, it's just a feeling that they're, it's coming, the silverware. And if it is this year, fantastic. It's probably ahead of schedule, to be honest. And I think we have to... Next season, if we're playing at Wembley, I think um, we might not do the same as we've done in oh, well, the last season. excuses are plenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think with the new stadium coming up, I think we're, we're on the right track. And I think Spurs fans will be happy with that, regardless of silverware. Is, is that not worrying, though, the Spurs' inability to perform at Wembley? Is that something that's worrying you going into this weekend and going into next season? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the tiny kind of positive I'll give is that we've got better at Wembley. In the last few games, I think we won, beat Moscow, and we drew. And then we drew again with, with 10 men, didn't we? Yeah. I know, oh, it's don't I know, throw, I know you're don't going. Throw all the ten men. Yeah. That's the no, ten no. men thing. But, it's like you, you didn't start with. But 10 you, men. you know, having <laughs> seen the performances before those two, yeah, I was, was at, still. Yeah, yeah. I was at the Labour Christian game. Oh, it was, it was yeah. dreadful. Oh, absolutely shocking. So it looked like starting to get to grips with it. I suppose we'll find out at the weekend. There is a very clear kind of change in demeanor in the two coaches this weekend. In Conte seems a bit more downtrodden. He seems very kind of sullen. Whereas Pochettino, I was watching him and he was sitting on the bench very quiet for the first 20 minutes of the game. But as soon as Spurs went 2-0 up, he jumped up out of his seat and was screaming for the next 20-30 minutes as if Spurs were 2-0 down. It seems like there are two very different mentalities of the clubs at the moment. Um, it's just... Ali, if you could talk a bit about Conte and the change in him over the last few weeks. Yeah, just the, I think the change on Sunday was more just it was he was just more subdued than we're used to seeing him. You know, he's obviously on the sidelines. He's always standing up and he's always active and he's always 
sort of moving the players around. And uh, I think there was a quote from Hazard saying he drives them crazy at times because he's when he's on that left-hand side and he's constantly in his ear telling him where to go. And it was just, you know, there was a load of photos about, uh, of Conte at the weekend and, and also I watched him for, for as much as I could as well during the game. And it was just, he couldn't quite work. It was more like he felt deflated, it looked like anyway. And, and that he's kind of like, the defeat just sort of happened rather than him being able to do anything about it. And he did blame himself after the game for the defeat, that he wasn't able to... I mean, obviously, that's probably a tactic to take the sort of uh, heat, heat wow. from the players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but he did look just look a little bit deflated. And it's, you know, it's not it's not great to see because you want him to be the orchestrator and you want to see the... to, to get the team going and, and rolled up. And, and if he does that on the sideline, then... Then Chelsea seemed to play better, whereas at the weekend they just, just he wasn't at it, and neither were the players. On the other hand, you have Pochettino. He seems he's very vocal, he's very animated all the time, and in his post-match press conferences, he seems very relaxed and has spoken about. He was asked this week about his activity on the sideline, and he immediately just cracked a joke saying, "You should be watching the match." <laughs> <laughs> so, I do you think that Pochettino? Is very comfortable in this position right now. He yeah. likes being the underdog. Yeah, but I mean, with Pochettino, he's always been. You just get the sense with him that there's a public persona and there's one that you like in the changing room. That's very different. And yeah, you know, you're spot on. What what you can what you notice about him on the sidelines is he kind of almost he's like studies the game when it's in quieter moments or even when they're losing. You kind of you can see him sitting and thinking, how do I change this? And yeah, when they're winning, that's when he kind of goes mental. And he absolutely goes at the players and. <laughs> And, you know, he just wants perfection. He wants more and more and more. And, yeah, like you say, in the press conferences afterwards, he's calm as personified. Even over the most ridiculous things that have happened, they will kind of play it down. But you just get the sense... Sometimes players have let little things slip to us in the mix zone afterwards. How, oh, yeah, you know, the gaffer said this and the gaffer said that. And you just think, oh, I think he's really ripped into him in the changing <laughs> Whereas to us, he's kind of been a little bit more, oh, it's fine, we'll, we'll recover. But yeah, no, I think that's Pochettino. You know, maybe it's the uh, you know South American kind of <laughs> blood in him. It's he's yeah, he can suddenly flick the switch from what was it, Wenger to Klopp, really. <laughs> so one thing that could help boost this kind of deflated Chelsea feeling at the moment is the John Terry announcement. Mm. I think Chelsea fans are going to be sad to see him go. He's been there for so long two decades now 22 years his yeah. connection with the club yeah. he's won 14 trophies not including charity shields because they're not trophies <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that it's going to be sad to see him go but it can certainly inspire the Blues to, to push on yeah there was a lot of talk when it was announced obviously a sort of 5 o'clock on a bank holiday Monday or whatever it was and you thought oh, this is a bit of an odd timing to be doing it Obviously, there is the element of he probably wants to put himself in the shop window now as well. He wants, you know, he still wants to be playing, so he wants to give himself the biggest opportunity to maybe find the right club and sign for the right deal. There is that. I also think, from a club's point of view, they might have done it as a a timing of let's give him one big last hurrah. This is, you know, we are on this. I wouldn't call it a slump. You know, it's two defeats in four, but it's a few questions asked rather than than there hasn't been questions asked. You know, press conferences for the last uh, few months have just been from one win on to the next, whereas now it's a little bit more people are starting to question things about the team and the setup and and everything. And and now he has sort of said that he will be leaving. Um, I I don't think there was much doubt that this was going to be his last year at Chelsea anyway. I thought that that was coming. 
Um, he's had such a stunning career with with the Blues. He's, he's gone through that whole era, and he's the last one, last man standing of what has been a superb era with the Lampards, the Jobbers, and Petacek, and all that guys. And he's the last one to go. And I just think that now he they've timed it a little bit, maybe for just to push him over the edge and get the fans back on, get the players all riled up and ready to the end of the season. Can I throw in a controversial question from the outside? Go on. It's just that, this you know... better not be about Ledley King. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no You're reading not. my mind. No, we're not, talking, we're not talking about the best defenders here. Um, <laughs> it's kind of been mooted often that no new Chelsea manager can truly transform Chelsea because of the influence of John Terry. And he's this all kind of powerful figure behind the scenes. I think it was previously with Lampard. Is him leaving going to be finally that breaking from that old Chelsea and will Conte actually really be able to make it a Conte Chelsea now? I think he he already is making it Conte Chelsea. I think because let's be honest, he's not played. It's not mm. like he's he's having to play John Terry. It's not like anyone on the outside is giving him stick for not playing John Terry. Um, he is, you know, he's he is Mr. Chelsea, isn't he? Let's be honest. For the last twenty two years, he yeah. mm-hmm. as the, as the banner reads, he has been, and he's been a superb servant. I think it is a shame to see that last year ago. Um, it's just uh, you say that, but uh, I mean, no manager's really been given the chance to to do it either uh, over a great amount of time. And maybe you know, we, it's hard to talk about what happens in the dressing room mm. whether that is a Terry influence. Yeah. I mean, you can't possibly say that really. We'd like to though, as Spurs guys, you maybe like to. Um, I think that Conte is already making it his, his own Chelsea. Um, yeah. Hopefully, he's given time to do that, and and you know, Terry leaving is is obviously the last of that of that era. I think you can see Conte's influence beyond the first team as well. Mm. Mm. In the the younger sides and they're playing with his style of play as well. Yeah, I was at the FA Youth Cup game last night uh, up in Manchester and they they played a very very similar style really. Um you know, and Man City played a very similar style to what you would expect even to the point that um the kid playing on the left wing actually looked a spitting image from the press box as Leroy Sane. It was quite incredible. Um, and that would be terrifying. Yeah, two Sanes coming. Absolutely. Uh, they, you know, they've got some wonderfully technical, technically gifted players at City, and, and as to Chelsea, and and Callum Hudson Odoi plays on that left hand side and very Hazard esque. You know, cutting in and trying to make things happen, and and you know, getting on the ball as much and creating chances. And you can, I think, it's, it's a natural thing, isn't it, for you know, managers to try and stamp their authority on the youth system. Um, you know, I'm sure Pochettino does it as well at, at Spurs. It's not as noticeable. Is it not as, say. really? Yeah, but I mean, you get that in some places where, mm. although Pochettino was previously the head coach, although he now calls himself the manager, in some places the head coach doesn't have as much influence, but maybe they're getting towards that. But no, having witnessed Chelsea playing Spurs, you know, in the semi-finals, that they absolutely ripped them apart. Yeah, I mean, they, they do, they... You'll they be do. hoping for a different Spurs result anyway. Oh yeah, they're, kids. they're just kids. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want to be what was a nine to an aggregate to Chelsea. Oh, it was it was a horror show. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it, it's it's strange though how it is kind of mirroring that you have Manchester City versus Chelsea in the final of the Youth Cup could potentially be happening again. No. Uh, <laughs> so you think Spurs are going to do it? Every time I predict something, it doesn't happen. So I'm just going to say it's going to be a great game. You're not learning. You're not learning. You should predict that Spurs are going to lose. Well, I I predicted, you know, Vincent Janssen would come good months ago and he finally did it when I was away. 
I mean, <laughs> what's that all about? Well, that's the thing. We have had a few. I wouldn't say come fans. good. He scored. Hey, that's coming good for <laughs> this season. We have had a few Spurs fans asking if uh, if we could organise for you to stay in the states because Spurs have been getting on quite well while you're away. It's half tempting. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think Chelsea will probably. Uh, it just depends which Chelsea team turn up. It also depends which Diego Costa turns up as well. He's not been good in the last no, few he games. He really hasn't. Um, and, and do you think that, that that's a big problem then for oh, Chelsea? It's a, massive, it's a massive problem. Just in terms of do you think that that's a big failing of Chelsea over the summer of only bringing in Batshuayi and yeah, no one else? Absolutely. The only the only plan B really has or will possibly use is, is having Hazard, Pedro and Willian as a front three. That's the only option he's got. He doesn't want Batshuayi. Well, he doesn't trust Batshuayi. He didn't bring him on on Sunday again when they were 2-0 down. Uh, it's a real fair... And, you know, I think whatever the China offers, if that's turned his head, it's just out of form. There's no competition pushing him. I think that's a big issue as well. There's no one there ready to step in if, as, as he drops form. You kind of know that he's going to play week in, week out. And he really needs to step it up at the weekend because he hasn't been good in the last few games. Well, I would all. say... He does seem to turn it on against Spurs. He loves <laughs> winding the Spurs defenders up, and if there's one player they all hate playing against, it is Costa. But the problem is that he's, he winds everyone up. He winds all defenders up. But at the moment, it's it's affecting him more than it is defenders. Mm. That's that's the other issue against Bayern and Rojo. They got to him more than he got to them, and that's that's been a real turning point. He needs to just focus on sort of his on the ball game rather than off it. But there is a selection issue for Spurs that might help him out. In terms of who's playing in goals, well, yeah, we it, well, Pochettino said a few weeks back he was kind of surprised in a press conference because he was asked about this game and who would play in goal, and his comments were very heavily indicated that it would be Vaughan, and obviously Vaughan's has missed a couple of games now with an injury. Yeah, there have been some some rumours and suspicions that oh, isn't this convenient timing <laughs> with the. Uh, with this big match coming, gives up. him a good excuse to then suddenly exactly. go Lloris is ready and Vaughan yeah. isn't. Um, I can't. I I can't see him playing for. Personally, way back on a previous podcast, I did say you know I could I could understand it if he did because he was being loyal. You know, it may even be in a contract. We don't know that. You know, he gets to play a certain domestic cup all the way through. But oh, you don't tinker with that team at the moment. You know, apart from some. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, I'm gonna. We're going to wrap it up and I am going to ask for your predictions and you are going to have to give me oh, something man. a bit more concrete than everyone has a nice time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll uh, have a nice time. If you want, we'll, we'll start with Ali. Um, uh, how do you see this one going? Um, extra time. I think... I'm going to go 2-1 Chelsea in extra time. Steve, what do you say? I'm going to say that Sun... <laughs> you just had to say Sun doesn't start comes on as a substitute and scores a winner in normal time I, I, I don't know let's say 2-1 Spurs 2-1 Spurs okay Ali what do you say it was 2-0 at the lane wasn't it yep I'm going to go for that 2-0 normal time Spurs <laughs> and I I'm very annoyed because, because you have stolen my prediction. <laughs> what, an extra time? I was going to say 2-1 extra say, time. Should we say goal scores then? I'll go with uh, Pedro will get the first and Hazard will get the winner. Um, I'm going to say Hazard will get the first, Kane for Spurs, and then an extra time. 
I can't say Bashwai is going to come. Cesc <laughs> no, uh, Fabregas is going to score and he's oh. going to run the length of the pitch oh. to celebrate in front of the Spurs fans. <laughs> that would be horrific. <laughs> oh, I would but, not have a nice time. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, thank you to Ali. Thank you very much. Thank you to Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Ali. Thank you. And thanks for me. Um, we will be covering the semi-final, doing all of the build-up. Uh, keep checking out football.london. We will be at the game as well, myself mm-hmm. and Alistair, because Ali is away this Yeah, weekend. unfortunately, it's my sister's wedding, so uh, I, <laughs> can't, rude, I can't make... I, I, to be fair, I gave her an earful for it. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't happy. Um, she could have planned it better, but unfortunately, Kev is going to be in my place. Not yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I think it's very fortunate that I get to go to the semi-final. So it'll be myself and Alistair there, but don't worry, Ali will be giving lots and lots of Chelsea coverage in the lead-up to the game. We'll be doing everything everything we can on the day itself. And, yeah, so just keep checking football.london for all the latest Spurs and Chelsea news. Thanks very much, guys, and goodbye.